I confess, I can almost orgasm just from nipple play. Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bedpost Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation, maybe even both. I remember when I was 18 years old. I was volunteering at a local high school in southern India teaching English. I was at a bonfire that night in the woods with a bunch of other teenagers volunteering in town as well. We were drinking cheap drinks and chatting the night away around the crackling flames of a big fire. Everyone slowly getting closer, the spirits and warm wind blowing on everyone's skin under the full moon had me feeling sexual. That's when I spotted this very attractive German kid from across the fire. He had just arrived and our eyes immediately locked. He was tall and had a very androgynous presentation. I love femboys and his baby blue eyes and soft facial features had my knees shaking. After 10 minutes of unbearable sexual tension, as we both kept looking over at each other and smiling while talking to other people, <laughs> finally, I decided to take control. I point at him and beckon him to follow me as I slowly start to trail off into the woods. He eagerly follows. I can hear him getting closer and closer, and soon, we are standing in front of one another, hearts pounding, breath shallow, groins on fire. Actually, I can't speak for him, but mine were. <laughs> now he leans in and we start ravenously making out and grabbing at each other's bodies with intensity and longing. My nipples are hard and my pussy soaking wet. I'm intoxicated with lust and elated. He looks like a fucking angel. <laughs> he hastily rips off his shirt to expose a beautiful body glistening under the moonlight. And something extremely primal starts to kick in. And I start to feel a distinctive urge surging. I want him to slap me. I can't think of anything hotter right now. Now, at the moment, I was thinking with my cunt, my mind totally offline. So, in that moment, I just decided to slap him instead to give him the very pleasure that I myself wanted. I didn't even hit him that hard, you guys. Just a healthy smack across the face, like a good spank. And then, dead silence. What do you guys think happened next? 
I have never seen someone run that fast to this day. <laughs> I felt so embarrassed and confused, panties still soaking wet all alone in the middle of the woods. I was crushed. Every time I ran into this kid at the grocery store or around town after that, he would quickly look down and pick up his pace. <laughs> he was terrified of me. And I felt like a monster. I craved taboo play and had since I was a little girl. I wanted the kind of sex that you fantasize about but bite your lip at the very idea of having and blush. I wanted to mix sweet lovemaking with the unexpected, the perverted, the wild. I wanted my hair pulled while someone whispered in my ear that I was a dirty little slut. <laughs> I wanted someone to lovingly wrap their fingers around my throat and choke me as I came. <laughs> Afterwards, I wanted that person to eat ice cream with and put a funny movie on. <laughs> I loved all that stuff too. So yes, I like feeling dominated sexually, but more importantly, I like feeling that freedom to get creative with my partners. I wanted a lot, and my sexual intensity was felt by others. It scared a lot of men who thought they couldn't handle me and made women feel uncomfortable and sometimes judgmental. It's been a bittersweet journey learning to navigate my sexual intensity and feel empowered by it rather than ashamed and silenced. Now, I hadn't dared do anything but make sweet vanilla love after my time in the woods. Not that there is anything wrong with vanilla. But there was something missing. So many wants and fantasies, and guess what? Not one of my partners in four years ever bothered to ask me what I wanted in the bedroom. But I started meeting other people little by little whose eyes would light up when talking about ropes, blindfolds, and the thrill of dominating or submitting to their lovers in the bedroom. I decided to give my pussy a second chance. <laughs> so there I was, four years later, dressed up to the nines with my best friend at the time, Raleigh. We had both been egging each other on to actually go to this BDSM club we had heard about in Denver. Upon arrival, I barely got to stop and catch my breath before this attractive, middle-aged couple approaches me. They introduce themselves and invite me to come play with them since I'm new. <laughs> I can tell from the look in their eyes and their confident demeanor that they are not new to this scene and have done this before. The woman had long, beautiful red hair and bright green, emerald green eyes. She looked dreamy. Her husband looked very casual and laid back, wearing black jeans and a black t-shirt. He was very sweet and professional about the whole thing. I felt intimidated by them. After discussing what our boundaries are and create a safe word, very important, which ends up being Mr. Waffles. <laughs> John instructs me to get down to the least amount of clothes I feel comfortable with. My palms are sweaty and my movements slow. I feel so drawn to this couple. 
I strip down to my little lacy black thong, and John silently gets closer and closer. He proceeds to tie me down on a big table. Now, more and more people enter the dungeon as we seem to be attracting quite a crowd. My body comfortably sprawled on the table. I stare into John's stormy brown eyes. I feel so vulnerable and exposed, which I welcome with excitement. I feel totally safe and cared for. Then John takes a big, sharp, shiny knife out and lovingly looks at it for a moment before he slowly drags the flat side of the knife down the side of my face while holding the back of my neck. It's cold and sends shivers down my body, making my nipples perk out with curiosity. <laughs> he explains as he drags the tip of the knife down my body with the cutting edge facing the ceiling that I will not actually be hurt in any way. But the body doesn't know the difference between the sides of the knife he's using, he explains. And when he goes over a vital organ, it'll feel extra intense, he warns, while grinning. <laughs> he runs his strong hands through my hair and drags the knife ever so slowly down my inner thigh. I gasp. So many feelings are pulsing through my body. Shivers of excitement, waves of pleasure, mixing as my eyes grow wider and wider and my pupils dilate. My internal dialogue sounds something like this. Oh my fucking God, I will never look at a knife the same way. <laughs> and if he keeps doing this, I'm gonna come. John bends down and asks me in his soft baritone voice if he can touch my pussy. I swallow audibly and it takes all the self-restraint I have not to scream, yes, <laughs> in a high-pitched voice. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I hear Sia moan with delight as his fingers start to play with my sopping wet cunt. When I can't hold in my pleasure anymore, I finally break out into loud, unapologetic moans. He now has the knife pressed against my throat as he softly traces my lips with his index, smearing my red lipstick all over the place. He then drags the knife down my stomach, and all of a sudden, I feel a sharp, unexpected feeling, followed by a shiver. That must have been a vital organ. <laughs> John asks me how attached I am to my thong, to which I hastily reply, not attached to that at all. I got this from the Naropa Free Box. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't read his facial expression, but in a split second, I hear the snap of him cutting off my thong. Next thing I know, my eyes slowly close and I stop squirming around. Woo. As I'm lying naked on the operating table, having just come. Lying there in pure ecstasy, I reflect on how happy I am it's more than just a fun night. It's me stepping into my sexuality and not being afraid of judgment. 
It's me being welcomed into that expression every step of the way. I can't help but reflect that we still live in a world where strong sexual expression is still taboo, especially for women. And I've never felt so safe to show up fully and play to this day thanks to the community that I've found. How interesting that I felt like a monster in the woods with an angelic boy and yet felt so good and safe tied up with a knife. Thank you. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. You don't have to attend a show to confess. With our confession scroller, you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com. Also pick up a copy of our anthology, Bedpost Confessions, Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bedpost Confessions, the anthology, found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and if you have a sec, please help bring Bedpost Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support, and until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, on my wedding night, if I ever get married, I want to watch my partner fuck someone else and watch. I I can't think of anything more romantic. I confess, when I told my mom that I was polyamorous, she responded, well, when you were a little girl, I took you to the doctor because you masturbated all the time. The doctor just said that you'd have a very healthy sex life. Thanks, Mom.